ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 80 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host tonight, Rocky Pacella at Dynasty FF Addict, back here again. It's been a little while. It feels like it's been forever, Scott, since I've seen you. Well, besides seeing you last night, you know, doing doing our normal hour and a half thing on timeline. But how, how you doing, Scott? It was absolutely fun taking over timeline and and making it as long as possible since we knew you guys had to record after. So that was a great time. And uh, I did see you on Dynasty Game Night, I think. Uh, I did that with you. Yes. More currently than I did this show with you. So that's (laughs) even crazier. We're just like on other podcasts at this point. So, uh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm used to arguing with Andrew, but uh, the good news is, uh, as always, the rule of thumb is uh, whichever co host isn't here is the one we blame for all the mistakes. So, uh, so Andrew takes that's why we started late because Andrew, it's all Andrew's fault somehow, not because I I caused (laughs) us to start late or anything like that. But yeah, it's it's been a, I was off a couple weeks scheduling issues, and uh, I'm I'm very happy to be back here with you. Uh, also, kind of happy the, the the season is uh is over. I I love the I love the point scoring season more than I think most of the dynasty people. I hear a lot of people, yeah, like you're shaking your head. People who are listening I hate lineups. I, I I love scoring points though. I hate setting 35 lineups, but I love scoring points. So, um, I, I do enjoy it more than. I've said this on other podcasts. Uh, for for podcasting, I love the non-point scoring season. It's way more fun to podcast than <laughs> for actually being a player. Yes. I, I like scoring points and I like winning championships. So, um, but let's get get to our guest. We got a uh, again, like uh, Scott said before the show, before we came on the show, it's like we're running do, doing the Dynasty Rewind series here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I got another comment, guy. baby. Yeah, a bunch of great guys over there. If you're not listening to them already, you should be. But uh, Scott's got his uh, Dynasty Rewind uh, shirt on there, hoodie, whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, we got Nate Christian this week from Dynasty Rewind at, at Nate NFL. So Nate, how you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm doing pretty great. I'm excited to be here, make my debut in the Junkies. Um, I, I'm the total opposite of you, Rocky, man. I, I'm down with Scott. I do not like setting lineups. If all my dynasty leagues could be best ball, that'd be great. I'm <laughs> yes. a team builder. I yes. do not want to set lineups. Yeah, I think so, I'm in the minority. I think a lot of most dynasty players like yeah. lo- love doing the offseason stuff, and then the season's just like an annoyance or something. Yeah, I'm all about rookies. <laughs> Honestly, I don't really like fantasy football. I just love scouting. <laughs> I just love scouting rookies. I used to scout rookies in, when I was in college before I even knew what dynasty fantasy football was just for the hell of it, and I would post oh, on Reddit and stuff. It. 
And then I, I found out about dynasty fans football. I was like, well, at least there's something tangible I can do with scouting rookies. So I need to, I, I have one best ball dynasty league. It's great. I need to figure out how to move my other leagues over there. <laughs> Got to join more, man. <laughs> love them. I love them. I just joined one, actually, a startup. Love it. Okay, so I guess we'll get right into it then. Uh, I, just real quick off the top, I figured, you know, we do have to, we should probably touch on the one bit of news that happens this time of year, which is uh, all the coach firings that have come down. Uh, we had six this week. Uh, I'm going to just run through them all real fast, and then we can just kind of pick out a few, maybe a few points we want to talk about. But uh, Vic Fangio got fired uh, before everybody else, right after the Broncos game last week. Um, and then Matt Nagy, of course. I'm sure Scott will have something to say about that one. Uh, <laughs> Mike Zimmer. Joe Judge from the Giants. The big surprise one, Brian Flores from the Dolphins. I think everybody was not, you know, kind of surprised by that one. And then David Cully uh, today with Houston. I, I've heard heard some rumblings that maybe uh, they fired him because Flores was available. But uh, but I guess is there – in terms of fantasy takeaways, uh, I don't know if there's a ton. There's definitely one obvious one that sticks out to me. But I think from an overarching perspective, one of the things, especially from the three, uh, I guess it would be Chicago, Minnesota, and New York where the GMs also got fired is – is that if you're not a star, it, 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 I kind of worry about those guys going into the offseason. Like, for instance, a David Montgomery, maybe the next GM and coach don't want to give a guy 90% of the snaps, especially when you have a Khalil Herbert or something like that. So, so that's one takeaway I, I have. But what do you think, Nate? Is there any specific coaching hire, um, coaching firing, or anything here that you think you know there's a fantasy slash dynasty takeaway from? Yeah, I think for me, actually, the biggest one is probably the Vic Fangio – uh, firing because I think the Broncos, you know, we've been talking about it the whole last offseason, how the Broncos were set up for some quarterback to come in and just light it up. I mean, you know, you know, they got Jerry Judy, they got Tim Patrick coming back, they got Cortland Sutton coming back, they have Noah Fant, they have Javante Williams now. I mean, they're loaded on the offense, and Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater just can't get it done. And I don't know if Vic Fangio was not doing a great job of – you know, targeting free agents and recruiting free agents, or if he had something to do with, you know, he wanted Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, whatever it is. I think now if the Broncos are looking to go get Aaron Rodgers, John Elway can go up to Aaron Rodgers and be like, Hey, what coach do you want? You know, he can sell the team, right. to Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or whoever he wants to, by saying, you get to pick the coach, man. This is like LeBron James in the NBA. You get LeBron James, then you get your coach. You know, the Broncos are set up. They just need a quarterback. They go get a quarterback, and then they get a coach. I think that one could be huge. Do you guys think that, that Rodgers is leaving? Because you're starting to hear stuff coming out that maybe he does just end up staying there now with how well the season's gone and all that. Yeah, That's I just think, leverage. I think leverage. <laughs> you think he's leaving still too, Nate? I, I don't know. I, I definitely feel like it's a lot more likely he stays now than okay, it was before. Yeah. Um, I still – you know, kind of see him leaving, but I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed at this point. And, and Scott, I, I need to hear your take on the, on, on Pace and Nagy. <laughs> it, it, I, I mean, honestly, it does not matter. It does not matter. It's, it's great that they're gone because they're terrible, but at the same time, it's the same organization. They're going to continue to make the same mistakes that they do over and over again. Ted Phillips still oversees the operations. He's awful. 
They, the kids that run the organization, they don't care about the team. So until the queen dies off, then they can sell the team to somebody who cares. Nothing's going to change. They're still going to be cheap. They're still going to have shitty facilities. They're still going to be fighting with the city over stadium stuff. Uh, there's going to be all sorts of distractions and stuff with that. They have a terrible process. They're talking about um, just old, you know, like Bill Polian. Like, I love the guy. It's like one of the architects of the, you know, NFL. He's incredible. Love his mind and his knowledge and what he's done. But, like, look at who he's consulted with and helped hire over the years. It's old guys. Like, we're done with these. Vic Fangio, he's gone. Bye. Because he's old and he's clueless on all the, you know, ways to do things. And so... Listen, it doesn't matter unless there's a Ron Rivera type situation where someone like Ron Rivera comes in and says, listen, if you want me to coach at this organization, you are going to have to change everything. And, you know, there's just nobody out there like that right now. Um, You know, can you have guys that change the culture a little bit like a Brian Flores could come in and maybe change the culture? I mean, I don't know, because what happened in Miami? I mean, the guy actually did okay and then he got fired so i don't i don't know um honestly it 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 doesn't really matter if your organization's terrible they're going to continue to make the same mistakes so while it's exciting that they're gone knowing that like one of the worst play callers i've ever seen uh other than john shoop if anybody <laughs> remembers that name um it, it it doesn't matter and now there's questions that like you said rocky you know, what happens with Fields? What happens with Monty? A-Rob is long gone because they completely screwed him. Uh, so who does that leave? That leaves 170-pound Darnell Mooney. Um, so, I mean, uh, what are they going to the do? Who's going to sign contract. there? Oh, there's all these free agents. Well, that's great. I'm not signing there if I'm a free agent. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they do. I almost don't care because it, it probably won't matter at the end of the day i actually one of the thing i said that i thought was kind of an obvious takeaway was that i was referring to i figured this had to be good for fields so do you disagree with that then it, it doesn't matter no i think it is good for fields okay i think it is it can't be worse i mean he <laughs> that's the thinking unless he Adam built an offense <laughs> he built an offense not around trubisky and trubisky failed and then he built an offense not around Fields. I mean, it's literally he built his offense for like Andy Dalton, and then he put yeah, Fields. Yeah, and in he there. had two mobile quarterbacks the entire time he was there. It, it, it's mind blowing how terrible he was at game planning and play calling. So yes, uh, it it likely will only get better, but just because it can't get worse. And as Toronto Dave said in the chat, so how do, how do you really feel about the Bears, Scott? <laughs> I'm giving away my season tickets next year. Own team as much I'm as Scott does. Already giving away my season tickets next year. I'm, I'm not. I can't do it. Okay. Another thing uh, I I'd heard today somewhere was that, uh, like I mentioned, the Houston Flores thing, and and this conspiracy theory that maybe they can get Watson to stay because he supposedly the reason he wanted to go to Miami was because of Flores. Do you do you think there's any chance of that happening, Nate? Absolutely no chance. I, I think the whole lawsuit and everything, it's so linked to um, the Texans ownership because the lawyer for the, the women are like the lawyer who's like best friends with like the ownership. It's just all ridiculous. And, you know, no matter what side is correct, 
there the ownership in Watson just seems so so divided. Um, I just I I don't see any way Watson stays. If he stays, I feel like they've got something on him and they're doing they're something fishy because it just doesn't make sense. If if he's able to go somewhere else, he's got to go somewhere else. I mean, it's just yeah. I, I don't on. think you sit out a whole season and just because they bring some coach in that you're gonna yeah. you're gonna stay there. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I guess unless you guys have anything else on the coaching stuff, we'll move on from that. No. Just the last thing I'll mention real quick is we talk about all the head coaches, but remember, offensive coordinators is what we care about. And so, if they bring in an offensive head coach, then we care. But there's also Carolina out there and Detroit firing Anthony yep. Lynn. That's for right. again, apparently, no reason that I could find. Uh, but it is well, it is what Kendall it is. Had taken over the, he, uh, the so after game. week eight. So what I'm what I need to research is the splits. You know, first eight games versus last nine games, and kind of see uh, how that you know how that affects things. But we have to assume that he'll call plays going forward, unless he brings in you know a big name. But he's already done that with Anthony Lynn, so. I'm, I'm guessing he won't. He'll probably promote from within and he'll continue calling the plays. So those last nine games, I'm really going to break down then and look at, you know, yeah. what do we have going forward? Um, and then Carolina is, is going to be interesting too. Like who do they bring in? I mean, there was not a bigger name than Joe Brady, right? Like, I mean, coming off that LSU season and all that. And then now this guy's just gone. Like what? <laughs> you know, like it's, the next Sean McVay. Yeah, mind blowing. I don't understand, but hey, it is it is what it is. But pay attention to to OCs too. Okay, so uh, what we're gonna go to next, our next segment is uh, kind of last week. Uh, Scott and Andrew had kind of taken a look back on the on the twenty one season in sort of a macro sense, and we're gonna do something sort of similar, but more of a micro sense. Get into some uh, specific players that kind of popped at the end of the year. Some of these guys actually. Have popped more than the end of the year but i threw them on there anyway because what i did was i looked at guys who had the best last four weeks from 14 to 17 your kind of most important weeks of the season and some of those are guys that came out of nowhere some of them are guys that that, that, that had been doing stuff before then too but i wanted to talk about them so we're gonna do that and, and then also look ahead a little bit and kind of see where we're at on them what we think is gonna you know what we expect going forward buying selling all that kind of good stuff so I, I wanted to start with the running backs because I, I wanted to get them out of the way because I think the easy answer is to say sell running backs because I know that's what Scott's going to say, uh, <laughs> especially these running backs. But I, I do think there's a story oh. you can tell on some of these guys that maybe they have value going forward. But uh, I, I'll just go through all three and then we can we can kind of talk about each one. Uh, of course, there's Rashad Penny, who was who was the RB one over those four weeks, including three of the four weeks, 130 plus rushing yards. Yeah, it was nuts. Uh, and then Devin Singletary, the RB3 over those four weeks, and again, producing pretty consistently. And then Sony Michelle was the RB7 over that time. And and maybe not quite as big of a, a, a producer for you as the other two, but he definitely had his best two weeks those last two weeks of the season. So I, I think I think Sony is probably the and, – and, uh, two of these guys are free agents. Singletary's still with Buffalo, but Sony and, and Penny are, are free agents both from that same uh, same class uh, a few years back. So, Nate, I guess Sony, is. I think that's the easy one. I, I don't even think he's a sell, though. I, he's not a guy I expect a, a lot going forward. I don't think he's necessarily, with Akers coming back, going to be with the Rams. But 
what are your thoughts on, on what Sony did at the end of the year? And do you, do you see them having value in 2022? Uh, not really. I don't really feel, feel like Sony is going to pop up in any consistent place. Uh, it's probably going to get a similar role to this year where he's going to to kind of sit in the background till there's an injury, you know, uh, not a guy that I'm going to be trying to buy. I mean, it's like you said, in these guys, it's easy to say sell, but you can't always get top dollar for these guys. Cause everyone else is trying to sell these guys usually. So, uh, with Sony personally, I'm either holding or selling, you know, if I can sell for, you know, I sold him earlier this year for a third round draft pick. Um, once Henderson went down and he had a good game, I sold him for a third rounder. Um, you know, not a huge haul, but in, in that league, I'm going to rebuild. So better than nothing. Yeah. And I think he's like, I, I think of the three, he's the easiest sell. He's the one I, I have the least confidence in going forward. Not that I feel super confident about any of these three guys, but, um, I, I just think he's – I don't think he's going to stay with the Rams, and he could be – he's going to be committee back and potentially a worse offense. So, so Scott, I'm not going to ask you about Sony. Uh, I'm going to ask you about uh, Penny, which I – Why bother? My answer is the same for all of them. <laughs> sell, sell, I have sell. a far more interesting question, and it's it's for Nate. And it's, Nate, when you – because you're, you're a rookie guy, you're a prospect guy, you know these. Your process now, these guys were in the same draft class – you analyze them coming out. You had opinions on them as rookies. Um, okay, so now with them being free agents, now they're going to go somewhere else. Are you leaning back at all on when they came out? And are you saying, you know what, I really, I really like Sony Michelle coming out, and so I'm, I'm more likely to to hold him because I still think there's potential for him to be something. Um, or are you just saying, you know what, we're four years out. It's at this point, it is what it is. We've seen him in the NFL, and, and that's kind of thrown out the window. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I do take I do take my initial prospect profiles on these players throughout the rest of their career because um, they do improve and they get worse sometimes, but they always have this, the same style of play usually. And I think one thing that you have to do is you have to look at what they came in and then see how how it's gone, you know, and, and then have that full context because that stuff still matters, you know. I still like taking a chance on a player like Donovan Peoples-Jones because he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. You know, those guys still, you know, take a chance on Malcolm Brown the same way. Um, But in this case with Sony, I think the athleticism is really just dropped out from where he came in as a prospect. I don't, I just don't think he has it all anymore. I think the The knee knee injury got to him. Yep. And I think if, if, if I didn't have that issue with him, I think I'd probably be a bit higher on, Know, maybe looking to keep them in a couple of leagues or uh, you know throw throw a late round pick to grab them but for me looking at Sony just not there I think you know Penny's similar issue he's had a lot of injuries but for Penny I'm actually a little bit higher on I think you know Penny's he's got you know he, he has had more injuries than Michelle he's missed a ton of time most of his career but he looks so explosive over these past couple of games you know I feel like the athleticism he hasn't lost as much of it as I think I would have expected him to I think going into free agency, he's a little bit better because even though he's more injured, it feels like he has less wear and tear. You know, right? You're looking at Rashad Penny. He's like, oh, he's only played a couple games. He averaged over six yards per carry this year. You know, he's still he's like a young player. You look at you, you know us dynasty players like, oh, Sony's old, but uh, Penny's right. still a young guy with some potential, right? And like the same age. Yeah, right. um, but you know, as much as we think that, it's almost kind of true based on you know what we see on the field. So. 
Okay. Yeah, that, that was my thinking with with Penny was definitely the most interesting because he didn't just you know play well. He he was killing it. It's, I just pulled it up 16 137 2, 17 135 1, 25 170 in 2 in week 17. Uh, I actually won a championship on a sixth seed on the back of Rashad Penny and Amon Rossi wow. Brown, who we're going to talk about in a bit. But, um, uh, but yeah, and he had one clunker in there where he didn't do much. But uh, I just, if he could stay healthy, and I just think that's it's going to. This end of season run, it, it, maybe it gets Seattle to resign him. I mean, who knows what's going on with Carson's neck? I, I, that might be best for him, uh, if, you know, assuming Russ stays and Pete Carroll stays, because uh, we know Pete Carroll likes to run the ball. Uh, I guess if Russ stays, maybe they won't be running as much because he, uh, he, he, we you know, no, we'll let Russ will. cook. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and then and then Singletary, I think, is interesting only if they don't draft it back. If, yeah, if, I think they're gonna draft or sign. They're gonna sign someone because. I think that's going to be where they struggle again this year in the playoffs um, is the consistent running game to be able to really help out Josh Allen. And I mean, I just, I, I think, uh, listen, I don't think any of these guys should be your lead back on an NFL team. And I don't think any of these guys are going to get that opportunity to be honest with you. I mean, there aren't that many guys as it is, so, you know, that that have the 70, 80 plus percent workloads at this point. Um, but I, I don't I don't really want any of these guys on my team. However, uh, there is always the value conversation. I mean, what can you really get? Rashad Penny, it looks like a mid second is about That's all what I was going to get ask. at this are you, point. Are you taking any second for any one of these guys, Scott? I mean, I probably am. But I mean. It really depends. I mean, would I would I hang on to Penny? Um, you know, if I'm a competitive team and I think I can compete next year and 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 contend, then you know maybe I just hang on to him for that mid second. But like most likely or in a vacuum, just give me a second for any one of these guys, and it's it's yeah. done. They're gone. Yeah, I, I would need to get up to that mid range. I think I might hold uh, at least on on single, even Singletary, but definitely Penny for a mid second and just see what happens. If you're gonna give me like two eleven, uh, I'll just I'll yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Cal Cal uh, Calvin and Hobby in the chat says uh, Seattle definitely bringing in competition though, right? You guys, uh, you think they bring someone in? Uh, I think they're they're a team like the Bills that could draft somebody. Um, I mean, and there are a couple free agents out there. I don't really know too many of them off the top of my head outside like Penny and Michelle. But, you know, I think there's a lot of depth this year in the draft. I don't think there's a lot of top guys, but I think there's a lot of good depth. Um, So I think they'll bring someone in. But, you know, if if they bring in someone at the fourth or fifth round, it's not a big deal. You know, it's it's kind of open competition at that point. No one has the lead. So – I think if, if Penny stays, then Penny has a great shot at the number the one job there. But uh, if he if he doesn't, then you know, it's all about what Chris Carson can do, and I don't know when we're gonna know what that looks like. So uh, Cal, I uh, I have Penny in the league we're in together, and it looks like you have the two hundred four. So <laughs> you want to send me the two hundred four for Penny right now? I'll do the deal. <laughs> I think he was saying he's absolutely taking it to his album. Yeah. Damn it. Hell smart. <laughs> ah. um, 
But uh, our next uh, our next uh, guy on the list was uh, going to the quarterback position, and, and it's not like he this one came out of nowhere like the like some of the running backs. But uh, Joe Burrow, uh, I, I looked at you know I looked up these last four weeks. I looked at the prior thirteen weeks, and and Joe Burrow was QB thirteen you know prior to week fourteen. So, you know, good, not great. And now everybody's kind of vaulting him into this sort of like Herbert range because of those last two games to me. So I wanted to see if you guys agree with that, because I don't know if I'm quite there yet. I mean, it was awesome two games, but uh, that's basically kind of that that range is where, you know, prior to these last four weeks, that's where he's been since he came into the league pretty much. I mean, he didn't. You know, he would look good, but in those first eight games, he wasn't – I don't think he was like QB6 or anything. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But that's kind of where he was, I think, last year, low-end QB1, high-end QB2, you know, which is great for a rookie. But but I'm not ready to call him – you know, put him in that top six or seven, which I think some people are. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I think it's – you know, I really like Joe Burrow, and I've always liked him. He was my number one quarterback, and I think like a lot of people coming out of that draft class. And – Herbert has been incredible and it's hard to, to say that Burrow's in Herbert's level, but you know, I think it's closer than a lot of people want to give him credit for. I think Joe Burrow is a great quarterback who has a little bit of rushing upside, probably a little bit less now after the ACL injury, but with the wide receiver weapons he has, you know, I think he has a better offense to work with than Herbert does at the moment, especially going forward. Mike Williams is a free agent and Keenan Allen's, you know, struggled with some injuries and just hasn't looked as dominant. So you know, Joe Burrow, he's got Chase. He's got T. Higgins. He's got two, he's got two of the best young wide receivers in the game and a team that looks like they're going to try to build around him. So I think Joe Burrow is pretty close to Herbert in dynasty ranking for me. Um, not quite up there into that top five probably, but, you know, I'm, I'm willing to take him on the hype. Yeah, and, and I was looking at while you were talking, I pulled up the – Date December Superflex DLF ADP, um, which is you know a few weeks old at this point, uh, but he's actually QB seven, and it's kind of hard to put anyone below. Now that I'm looking at it, anyone below him, above him at this point, mm-hmm. he's behind uh, Mahomes, Kyler, Lamar, Allen, Herbert, and Dak. Okay. It, it, is there anybody else, Scott? You would you would put above Burrow at this point? I can give you some of the names listed below. Yeah, right, give, it, give it to us. Yeah, who's the next three or four? Burrow or Lawrence? Burrow. Burrow. Exactly. Yeah, it's definitely Burrow. Stafford. Burrow. Burrow. Wilson. Burrow. Hertz. Burrow by a thousand miles. Let me say, Hertz, if you knew he was the QB for the next three years. Burrow. For three okay, years? No, sorry, it's a lot If you knew that. that three years, I would take Hurts. Because yeah, no, I, I, I would take Hurts. <laughs> I don't think he's a good, great quarterback, but the fantasy-wise, yes. I mean, you got to yes. take that. Yes. Uh, and then it gets to some of the rookies. Lance. I might take Trey Lance. Be pretty Burrow. close. Burrow. But I do love I Lance, but Burrow. Burrow. And uh, this one's actually a little lower than a couple other guys, but Rodgers. Yeah, I'm taking I take Burrow. I think he can give you pretty similar production and have a lot, you know, a and lot then just age, life. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other two that I didn't mention that are above Rodgers are Mac Jones, which is that that's not even close to me, and uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, I think the only two for me that I could put, you know, could could argue with Burrow is Fields and Lance, but you know, that's going to be more of an upside pick rather than you know what I know they can do at the next level because we've seen Burrow do it now, and we haven't seen Fields or Lance do it yet. 
Right. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. Uh, so so maybe I am higher than him than I thought, but because <laughs> it really is hard to put too many guys above him after that top six, which I think that top six is pretty much set in stone for for the majority I, of dynasty. I think something we learned this year is that quarterback is not nearly as deep as we thought it was. Yeah, it's it's a transition period, right? Because those old guys are finally dropping off, and the young guys really didn't have the success that we anticipated. I mean, there was a lot of hype on this quarterback class, and there's certainly a lot of potential and upside, but they didn't really hit yet. So, for various reasons. And so, yeah, I mean, it's will that happen? Or if it doesn't, you're right. It's looking, it's looking real thin. Yep. And Scott, you you provided me a nice uh, a segue there because uh, one guy I did want to ask about, even though he did not have a great last four weeks, but he was a borderline QB1 and probably David, the best no. rookie in this class. Which is not, I did not put on the sheet. So I'm giving you the guys, like, give it, you know, surprise you guys with this. But I was just looking at it. And Davis Mills is a guy mm-hmm. that, like, I have no idea what's going to bring him up. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he literally probably on a per game basis in terms of efficiency stats and things like that has probably been better than any of the other five guys that we all talk about, other than, you know, other than maybe in some categories, Mac, you know, did okay. So, what do you guys do? I, I like I said, I don't even know what to do. I actually did trade him in a league today, uh, which we can get to that. What'd you minute, get? What'd you I, get? I didn't, it wasn't just Mills, it was uh, they actually tried to give me an offer for just Mills, which was like Dawson Knox in a third, which I did not want to do. Take it, I'd take it. Well, what I ended up doing was Waller and Mills for, for Hawk Gage in a third. Oh, wow, come on. <laughs> What, yes. what does that come on? Is that, is that a good come on? Or That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Get rid of Waller now. Jeez. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I, I was in the playoffs in that league, but uh, not not one of the real contenders. So I liked getting a little younger. Uh, I liked getting something for Mills. Uh, I, I'm not sure about Gage, but, you know, there's rumors Ridley could be moving on. So so what the heck? Throw him in there. And, and you know, I, I mainly just wanted to get Hawk out of the deal because we all know how much of a, a Hawk stand I am. So. But but uh, Nate, what are, what are your thoughts on Mills? Do you think there's a, do you think there's a chance he's a starter next year? I do. I think he's the starter next year. I love Davis Mills. <laughs> it's just like a recent thing. I, I've just loved him now. I think if he had any better draft capital on any other team than the Texans, we'd be talking all about him. I don't think this is like quite the, a Gardner Minshew situation. I think he's a little bit better. And you know, hey, I think don't, he, don't insult the stash. Hey, I love Minshew. <laughs> I, I, I'm all about it. But um, I think Mills is the starting next year. I think they used their top pick to get a defensive player to build the team around whatever the future quarterback is. I don't think Mills is the future franchise quarterback unless he has an incredible year next year. But I do think he starts next year. He might have a second or third round quarterback to deal with. Um, and that might ultimately you know, be his demise after the next year. But I think he, he starts next year. I think he's going to do decent. You know, I just pulled up some numbers on player profiler. Um, we know he was not in a good situation. Uh, they have his game script rate as, you know, playing from behind or playing with a lead at the 25th worst in the league. Um, looking at receiver yards after catch per target, his his receivers averaged number 71 in the league on yards after catch per target. I mean, it, it's just not looking good for his team. Yet I'm looking here and he's got – 23 money throws, which apparently require exceptional skill or athleticism and clutch moments. And it's number 18 in the league. You know, that's not incredible, but for a guy that didn't play all the games, number 18 in the league is pretty good for a quarterback like that. 
Deep yeah. ball completion percentage, 44.2%. Fourth in the league. I mean, when he's in a clean pocket, apparently 73.2% completion percentage, number seven in the league. Those are some great numbers. You know, if he had a team around him, it looks like he could do something. You know, when you're playing with Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins, who I like both of those wide receivers, but that is literally all that's on your offense. You know, it's incredible he did as well as he did. Yeah, I, I agree. And like I said, I, I don't know what to do with him. I was I was willing to move on from him just uh, because I, I, I'm i a little nervous. I, mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I do think there's a chance, excuse me, um, if they trade Watson, that they get a quarterback back in that deal, which also worries me a little bit. Um, but it sounds, Scott, it sounds like you're maybe more agreeing with the, what I'm saying than what Nate was saying. Yeah, I mean, he is my most rostered quarterback. Uh, Davis across Mills. all my leagues he's at my <laughs> cap of 25 percent, and um i have a ton a ton a ton a ton of davis mills because uh it just frankly looked like there was opportunity for him this year and so when it was the third or the fourth round and i'm like there this guy could start games like yeah i'll take yeah. him and we'll see what happens right um he far surpassed any expectations i had for him uh, and mostly because I thought they hired a terrible coach and the guy actually did an amazing job yeah. with what he the had. I was surprised he got fired. I, I mean, I can't believe they were as competitive as they were and won so many. I mean, I honestly thought they could, they could compete for 0 17, like that they would really go down that path because that roster is devoid of talent big time. They have the oldest running back core in the league by like 12 years i mean it's insane um and and literally no one and to they throw just to. resigned rex like like who are they <laughs> throwing to i mean seriously Cook, i mean cooks is so underrated always but he's just one guy you know um so it's it's fascinating uh that he did what he did in that situation and it shows you the potential he has um but the the issue i have is the organization, right? We just have no idea. So uh, I will definitely be selling some shares uh, just to kind of take my profits essentially. And then, you know, for my portfolio, I'll have my profit and I'll let the rest, you know, ride out. And, you know, if he comes through great and if not, I'll, I'll have already taken my profits, but it's hard right now because no one's going to give you a first. And if you take a second in this draft class, I don't, there's a lot of guys right now that are pretty much the same for me or kind of in the same tier. Um, so it's kind of like, and not quarterbacks. So I'm not going to replace him with something else. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, it's tough right now, but maybe we'll wait for some more clarity or at least see who the new coach is. See if there's any hype around that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd like to divest some shares, but at the same time, I think, uh, he's a guy that can definitely stick around. Yeah, and to your point about the the coaching, uh, it's it, it's going to be interesting. Too. I mean, we don't know that they're going to play like they could be that 0-17 team next year. <laughs> they, I mean, I don't know that they're going to upgrade significantly. I mean, I guess if they can get like a bunch of first round picks in twenty two for Watson, then maybe they can improve that team. But but they they have so much work to do. They know this team's going to be much better, and if if they, if they don't have maybe the next guy doesn't get the team to play the way Coley did. I mean, no one, I, I had no expectations of David Coley, but like you said, he, he seemed to kill it. Like he's uh, four. I, they were only like four and 12, but I didn't expect them to win four games. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and well, like, even just be competitive. 
Yeah, I mean, and then even in the games know. they were losing, yeah, like, like right. this last week, they almost uh, knocked the Titans out of the number one seed uh, because the Danny Amendola went for 170 <laughs> and two or whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> thanks to Davis Mills, I guess. So, yeah, uh, and right. it's like you said, too, no one's giving it first. That's why I kind of wanted, that's why I didn't want to do a trade just for Davis Mills. I, I kind of liked it better trying to do the idea of adding value yeah. to Waller. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So or I think that package, might be the package a second Mills in a second for a first. Yeah, something. I'd like love that. to do that that type of deal. Um, you know, Mills in a mid second for a late first, something like that. I, I'd I'd be into very much. Okay, and so so the next guy uh, is one that definitely came on late, maybe before these final four weeks, um, but he definitely shown during this the, this playoff time, which was I feel like everybody's talking about him right now. Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, I, I kind of. I, 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 when this was all happening, I was definitely kind of like during the season, like sell, sell, sell. But the more I think about it, I, I, I don't hate at least holding Amon Ross St. Brown because I, I, what he's done has been ridiculous. Like, I, I want to, I have him up on my screen. It's eight for nine. Yeah. He's got a touchdown like every game. He's getting target upon target. I know Hawk's not there. I know, I know other uh, Swift's not there, but it, it's, he's killing it every game, especially in terms of fantasy points. He was went 24.8, 15.3, 23.5. And in week 17, 35.4, 8, 1, 11, 1, and a rushing touchdown. That's the other thing too. They were using him out of the backfield. And I, I don't expect this. Nobody expects this, but if you're selling or, you know, you're not, no one's trying to, to get that production from him. So, I just I would think I would rather hold and see if he can be a wide receiver too for me. I, I if anybody else had done, like there's guys we value way more than him that have never done this. Like Jerry Judy has never done who I might be I'm gonna talk about a little later when we get to my family trade, but he's never had uh, he hasn't had very many games like this, let alone a five or six game stretch. I I kind of am warming up to the idea of a, I don't know if I want to buy him because most people are going to want a first at this point. And I don't know if I want to pay first for a wide receiver. I don't see him being more than a wide receiver too. We all expect they're going to bring somebody in, but there's also the idea, you know, of Hawk and Swift and even another wide receiver make the offense better. Again, he's not going to do that. What he's done the last five or six weeks has been like Devontae Adams. He's not going to be that, but, but I think he's going to be maybe better than people think going forward. So, so Nate, I, I seen you, you know, nodding some and, 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 and making some looks here. So what do you think? Am I totally off base or is there maybe some truth in there? Yeah. Um, it's hard to say, but I personally wasn't a huge, I'm in Ross St. Brown fan coming out of the draft. I'm coming out of college. Uh, I didn't, there's a lot of, I just thought he was an average player overall. I don't think he did anything elite in his prospect profile. And then the fourth round draft capital didn't get me excited. Um, this is a guy that, I'm I'm not buying the hype. I I'm, I will be the first to admit I was wrong if he goes off next year, but he's kind of giving me not the same play style, but kind of same situation. Darius Slayton vibes, where he's kind of that rookie wide receiver who's not going to have the same kind of volume next year, and not going to have the same production. Uh, we got excited over some touchdowns. He had some good yardage, of course, and some good usage, but. I, I don't see this continuing. Like you said, Hawk's going to come back. Swift's going to be in full usage, and they're probably going to bring somebody in. I just don't think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be the one in that offense. I don't think he's going to be the two in that offense. He might not even be the three once they're full force. So not a guy that I'm really uh, focusing on. 
I don't disagree with uh, everything you said there, uh, even though I like him more than you do. I mean, the thing I'm thinking is, like, there's other guys who've had opportunities that, that don't take it. Like, Jerry Judy got all last year without Cortland Sutton. He had a trash quarterback, but Amon Ross St. Brown has done some of these some of this with Tim Boyle. So, I mean, and, and that's kind of the excuse we use for Hawk, uh, at least I did, and, and other people who were supporters of Hawk, is, you know, he's the only threat they have in the passing game. It's, you know, that's why he, he you know, there's, there, everyone's focusing the defensive attention on him. And you have to think they were doing that with Amon Ross St. Brown, too, especially with no Hawk and stuff. So I, I think it's kind of like there's two sides to it. Like, it, it, he w- should have been getting all the defensive coverage with Boyle and Goff throwing to him. And he still produced. He got a ton of targets, but which he won't get going forward. And like I said, I do not expect this. That's what I'm saying. I, I would I would give up a high second for him. I would not give up a first. But anyway, Scott, I guess you need to chime in here since me and Nader disagree. No, I really, I really don't. Um, <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't disagree with me. Scott never agrees with me. I don't, I don't trust. I don't. Uh, I, I actually like Dan Campbell, and I mean, if he's going to keep calling plays and and doing what he does, I mean, listen, it's either going to be golf or better. Right. You know, maybe they maybe they sign someone, probably not because what they're paying golf, maybe they draft someone. Right. And then he becomes more of a bridge. And then there's some opportunity there for uh, an even better quarterback. So I think his volume goes down, but he probably keeps or increases his efficiency. And I I mean, I think he's going to be a nice receiver here for the next few years. Uh, I am not buying him for. Any, I mean, I'm just not buying him. I mean, whatever he costs right now, it's just too much. I mean, this is a sell window for sure. Um, and... Anyone's paying a first for him if you're selling. I don't yeah, know. No, they are. Uh, yeah, they're, they're paying I a first. I haven't man. seen a lot of Amon Rodgers go down in my league, so I, I guess I can't speak. I'm seeing people theory. say that he's the rookie wide receiver three of this past class. I mean, oh, it's, it's, it's hype yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 pretty wild. Um, He's going pretty high up in startups too. I've heard. I, I would I would sell him for first. I, I I will say that, but I would I would how about uh, for, I would I would pay the you know two and one two oh two for him. Here's and here's I, a couple of uh, straight ups: Amonra or Ayuk. Ayuk by far. Amonra or DJ Moore. DJ Moore DJ by Moore. far. Okay, well those those literally yeah. happened within the last week, straight up Superflex League. So, yep. Ayuk's um, not by far for me, but I think you probably got to go Ayuk there too. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, yeah. It's uh, I can't I can't pay these prices. Obviously, uh, you know I don't. It's hard for it's hard to maintain unless you're truly that stud X receiver that's going to get the volume. Yeah, the targets every week, um, you know, or your Cooper Cup, but um, you know, yeah, it's it's a sell window for me. But also, if I have a young team, like I think I have them in, uh, it might be Trade Addicts Five um, or one of one of these uh, rebuilds I took over recently. I, I have him, and and I'll probably just I'll just roll with him because I mean I like him, and I think he has plenty of opportunity. But you know, unless somebody's going to blow me away with an offer cool um but definitely not buying him and, and same for uh, hunter renfro too like again another, i was just gonna say that he's it's kind of similar he's slot guy produced um, when the really like him <laughs> really like him um but again it's you know i like the opportunity for a new quarterback but also a new quarterback is actually going to be good most likely whereas Derek carr is not 
And uh, although he's kind of proving me wrong this year, he's having a good year. Yeah. He's having he's a good a, year. He's I'll a give good him, quarterback. I'll give him credit. I'll give him credit. <laughs> he's not a great year. fantasy quarterback, but, but he's a good quarterback. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. He's all right. Um, but okay, if they bring in somebody, I mean, it's Vegas, man. They they want to bring somebody in, right? And you think they're going to bring the somebody in staff. after Carr took them to the playoffs? Dude, new coaching staff. Oh, John Gruden is the last guy in the world that loves loves him some Derek Carr. So, uh, true. Yeah, he's he's got one year left, Max. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. But there's too much other stuff going on there. I don't I don't know what to do with that roster right now. It's really going to depend on who comes in as the coach and the OC and all that. So, um, again, not buying, definitely selling if it's a if it's a top you know, um, pick or even a proven vet. Um, but otherwise not buying. Yeah. I, and I, like you said, I think Renfro is pretty similar to the whole Amon Ra thing. Um, I actually did sell him for the two Oh one. So maybe a little bit of a hypocrite since they're very similar situations. Um, but, but that's right around what I said for, for, for Amon Ra uh, late first. Uh, I guess, uh, I just, you know, the upside uh, with the rookie, I, I have a little more uh, uh, hesitation to give away until I see him uh, a little more. Uh, but I mean, you can make a lot of the same arguments against Renfro uh, or or uh, against Amon Ra that you can uh, against Renfro with the whole, you know, Waller was out and all that kind of stuff. Rugs, mm-hmm. what happened with him? So we'll move on to the, the couple tight ends we have here and then, and then we'll get to find me a trade. So Yep, tight end four over those last four weeks. And this is, again, another guy who who produced before this, but he had, uh, and I did this from a, I pulled this from 1.5 tight end premium scoring. He had two 20-plus point games during the playoffs. And I think he's a little underrated. He was a tight end one in 2020, uh, lower end tight end one. Um, And then with everyone back, you know, including Dak, but also with, you know, all the receivers there for a lot of the year, um, he still was producing. I mean, he did better with Gallup out. But Dalton Schultz, <clears throat> I, I think he's going a little underrated. Uh, he, he's still pretty young. Nate, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Dalton Schultz? Yeah, I, I'm a fan of Dalton Schultz. I was a big fan of Blake Jarwin, and not, that train you know, really screwed me two years in a row. So uh, I'm, I'm all over Dalton Schultz now. Uh, the targets are there. I do believe he's a free agent, though. So I think that's definitely something to watch. Um, if he stays, I'm all about it. If, I mean, if he goes, then who knows? He fills that position. Maybe they draft somebody. I wouldn't mind seeing Jalen Weidemeyer, um, one of the tight end prospects in this class, going yeah, there, baby. in Texas. I think that'd be a great fit for him. Um, Speaking but, of, I have him in our C2C league. Yeah, he's great. I, and I, I'd love for him to stay in Texas. I think he just fit that team very well. I think uh, as long as Dalton Schultz is there, I'm buying because he was second in targets for the Cowboys over the last couple of weeks over C.V. Lamb, only behind Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup's gone. So I don't think Cedric Wilson or anyone else they bring in is going to, you know, be a dominant three. So Dalton Strauss is going to be one of those top targets still, if he's there. Yeah, and I, I did not realize that, that, yeah, he's an unrestricted free agent next year. And they yep. do have Blake Jarwin, you know, who they extended uh, prior to him getting hurt, and that runs through at least next year, I believe. So th- that'll be interesting. I agree with you. Definitely. If he's there, I just, I think Dak really, uh, 
really kind of favors the tight end. We saw him make, a, 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 I think, a tight end 12 out of – or 11, something like that, out of the corpse of Jason Witten uh, after he came out of the Monday night football booth. So uh, Dak, Dak seems to like to look to the tight end, even with all those other weapons he has. Uh, so Scott, with you, I'll just go to the, to the last guy we had. And, and again, he didn't explode in the playoffs, but I was looking at the list of tight ends and he, he was like between 13 and 18 points in premium every week during those that 14 to 17 period. But he's very, you know, very old, uh, from a dynasty perspective. And I'm, I'm wondering, I'm not sure what, do you have any interest in Zach Ertz going forward? Do you, he's going to be, I believe he's going to be a free agent as well. I'm not positive about that, but assuming he stays in Arizona. Um, with Kyler. He, he is a, an unrestricted free agent. Um, his, his contract was basically when he went to Arizona, they, they um, nullify the last couple of years of that deal. Um, so yeah, he'll, he'll be a free agent. Um, Arizona makes sense for him to stick around. And, you know, there's probably some opportunity there with uh, Christian Kirk likely leaving. Um, You know, Hopkins is aging. A.J. Green's probably gone or, you know, maybe sticks around for cheap. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's opportunity. I like him. If I have a contender, um, I'm cool with riding with him. You know, my one of my strategies with tight ends is I like to have that stud, you know, like Hawkinson, for example. Mm -hmm. And then I like to have a veteran that I can drop in and produce at any time if there's an injury and hurts fits that role greatly you know and then i like to have that that young a uh, couple of young guys that that could blow up but uh Ertz fits that that veteran profile for me um did really well in the leagues i had him in in that role and i will continue to do so again not buying him uh but you know on contenders happy to hold uh john mcglynn just said he he got Ertz and rojo for the 208 that's pretty um, good and i yeah, that's fine. I don't like Rojo, but and at then the same flip time, Rojo, yes. <laughs> what are you going to get with the two hundred eight? So he signed somewhere. Is <laughs> me? I think Rojo's a free agent, right? Free agent, yeah. yeah. No, he he signs somebody with a decent role, then you flip him. Yep, that's that's a value trade because either those guys sign to a spot where they could have a role or some hype. You can you can get the two hundred eight back, the two hundred eight plus yeah. for just yeah. one of them, right? And then yeah, you get a free guy. So yeah, yeah, I like it. And Dave in the chat mentioned, uh, I typically don't trade for most tight ends is the main piece, especially this kind of level of tight end. It's kind of like what we said about Davis Mills. It yeah, be totally to, agree, Dave. Yeah, have him thrown in as a part of a package if you're trying to acquire him rather than than trading for Zach Ertz. Um, okay, any thoughts on Ertz, uh, Nate, before we move on? Uh, not too much more than what Scott said. I think, you know, as long as he's in Arizona, I'm pretty happy with him. Yep, and that's uh, that's where I'm at. So, and you can probably get them pretty cheap. A lot of, a lot of, especially uh, I know a lot of ageist dynasty managers out there. So, yeah. uh, I'm sure many of them would be looking to get out from under them if they happen to get them for a title run or something like that. Uh, so, you can probably get them pretty cheap. I, I I would imagine it wouldn't take much more than a late second if you did want to just trade for Ertz instead of throwing them in a package. But we will get to our find me a trade. This week it was submitted by uh, Noah on Twitter at Arkman Noah. It's a 10 team PPR Superflex league, no tight end premium in this one. Uh, 30 man rosters, they start 14, but but two of them are kicker and defense. So really they start 12. Uh, no premium. <laughs> oh, I'm an idiot. Okay. Uh, you made a trade with that uh, with a premium involved. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> 
I, I just saw your trade. I still let me I go to my like backup. Guy, so, let me go um, to my backup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so the start fourteen, like I said, this kicker uh-huh. and defense, and then there's a, a QB, two running backs. They have to start four wide receivers, um, which is interesting. I've rarely seen four wide receivers starting. Tight end, um, the kicker and D, super flex and three flex. But they also have this weird thing where they can't. They have caps on the flexes. You can't start more than four I don't backs. understand why you have the flexes if you can't use them. What is the point? <laughs> yeah, you can't start more than four running backs. You can't start more than six wide receivers. What? You can't start more than two. T- so it's got to be a certain mix. Um, this also happened to be an, an all-play league. I don't know how much that factors into a trade, but uh, it was not a, a head-to-head league. Well, so. it, uh, it does a little bit, actually, for me. Okay. Well, um, why don't you get into well, the roster and then we can yeah. get into our trades and if you want to go last so you can work on your, your backup plan there. No, I, yeah, <laughs> I have it. I'll just, I'll just say what it is, but um, okay. Here's, here's the roster. Um, good, nice quarterback room with uh, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, two studs there. Um, he has uh, Davis Mills, a guy we've talked about tonight. Tua, the, uh, the lefty who's going on his fourth coordinator in four years. So he's, statistically screwed and then uh <laughs> mitchell trubisky who when brian dable gets hired in chicago will bring mitch to teach the system to fields and then fields will get hurt and then mitch will say be the savior of the franchise in chicago yes. um but anyway great quarterback room there i like that you have two studs and um you know and then Tua as well and then mills a potential guy and mitch you might get another shot so great quarterback room love that um tight end wise uh goddard Albert Aquibunum, Donald Parham. Uh, that's about it. So the tight end room is a little weak, but now that I realize it's not no tight premium. premium. <laughs> and that's why I talk about the tight end group second in tight end premium. I normally go look at my quarterbacks and tight ends. And now that I know it's not a tight end premium, reading comprehension is key. Like I was talking about on the listener, uh, reading is hard timeline though. last night. <laughs> I'm the dumbass tonight. So cool. Uh, that full circle, baby. Okay, running back room. We've got uh, Chase Edmonds, Deontay Foreman, Jordan Howard, Kareem Hunt, Jarrett Patterson, Tony Pollard. Uh, anyone of note on IR? Kenyon Drake, Darrington Evans, James White, Kylan Hill. Um, overall, just kind of a bunch of guys. Uh, you know, guys that yeah. could get a start for you here and there. Um, you know, certainly roster cloggers. That's what they are. You know, yeah. I mean, they're guys that could you could plug in at some point, and and they, you know, likely got you some points. But at yeah, the end like of the Borman, day, Borman had his his moments this year. Yeah, no difference makers though, and in a ten team league, you know, you need difference makers, and also yeah. because of the all play. So we'll get to that in a second. Wide receiver room: Brandon Ayuk, Marquez Callaway, the man Jamar Chase. Corey Davis, Tyler Johnson, DK Metcalf, Jacoby Myers, DJ Moore, KJ Osborne, Jalen Rager, LaVisca Chenault, KJ Hamler, Rondale Moore. And uh, yeah, so obviously he's he's put his capital into the wide receiver group, which makes me feel much better about the running back group. Um, but just going to the all play for me is you got to I think you have to think about having that high floor with your core of guys, this, for me, this would be my strategy is having a, a high floor and you have that with your two stud quarterbacks, right? And then I want some home run hitters. I want some guys that can just go off week to week, especially with all those starters that you have. I mean, there's going to be so much variance. Um, 
again, I don't understand the whole flex thing when you have flex, but you can't really use them as flex. So uh, I, I guess I'm a little confused on that part of it. But having those wide receivers that can go off at any time, I like the roster build uh, that he currently has very much. So it's really just about tweaking a few things for me. So, Rocky, why don't you tell us what you have? Okay. I didn't know if you wanted to go right into yours or – okay. So, um, mine – and we kind of all did similar things. I don't know what your backup one is, but on your original one, I feel like we all kind of were, – we're looking to kind of use that quarterback room and the depth he had there. I agree with you. He has, you know, the two studs that he's pretty much going to start every week as long as they're healthy. And then he has two other potential starters in, in two in Mills, as we, talk, we talked about Mills earlier. And – I don't think it's out of the question that Trubisky maybe goes somewhere and at least it's a bridge quarterback or something next year mm-hmm. for somebody. So he, he could potentially have five starters. So I was looking to trade to one of the quarterbacks to get him. He does need some depth. I do think even though it's only 10 team with, with 12 offensive starters, I do still think he needs some depth. Um, he mentioned wide receivers. I, I, I didn't get to that in his, his little uh, write up. He said he placed third in the playoffs this year. Um, but I'm not sure I'm a real contender now. And he's probably right because he finished decently under 500 in all play record, but uh, six teams make the playoffs. But well, Lamar I was guess, hurt though, too. So that's true. Um, he said we start 12 skill positions. So I want to improve depth. And then I obviously need RBs, but want to make sure I'm good on wide receivers too. So uh, I actually, um, I was more looking, I ended up trading for a running back and a receiver, but I was more looking for running backs because like we talked about, his running backs are pretty bad, but I think this is a team that could contend going for. I I love the wide receivers. I really like the quarterbacks. I'm fine with Goddard at tight end um, in a non-premium. I'm especially not prioritizing it as much. Uh, So I did two uh, to dead presidents for Jacob, Josh Jacobs and Cortland Sutton. And like I said, the decent depth of QB. Uh, Jacob's still only 23 years old, even though it seems as like he's been in the league forever. And, and I think he's gone from kind of overrated to underrated. I mean, he's produced double digits in almost every game this year with some upside games, a few 20-point games here and there. Uh, he's getting he's getting the ball more in the passing game, too. Uh, he, he had over 50 catches this year, which was uh, easily his career high. So... I like getting Jacobs and uh, Sutton uh, kind of a low point a little bit for uh, maybe not as much for Jacobs, but definitely Sutton. I I, I have this thing where I, I don't get the Jerry Judy love, uh, <laughs> which I wanted to go on a little side rant here because like uh, everyone treats Jerry Judy like he's this surefire wide receiver one. And uh, I kept hearing this narrative. Uh, I've heard it many times that, that Judy came back and took all the targets from Sutton. So I looked it up today and Six of the 11 games they played together, I, uh, Sutton had the same or more targets. So not the, obviously he didn't produce as well, but Judy didn't produce either. So I, it's, to me, the difference in price between the two is ridiculous. So I, I love getting Sutton low. I know Sutton's a little older uh, than Judy is, but I, I just don't buy the Judy hype. And I think if a quarterback comes in there, you know, they both had, you know, they both are dealing with the trash quarterback. So neither is produced well, but, but uh, Sutton's had more highs than, than Judy has had. Judy too. didn't score look, a touchdown, did he? No, Judy not screwed. Sutton only had two. <laughs> That's yeah, but I mean, Judy, Judy had I mean, zero touchdowns this entire year. Judy might as well be Galladay at this point. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding, people. Don't at me. Jesus also, Christ. Also, Sutton had three 20-point games this year. Judy did not have a game over 13.2 with the same okay. – You know, they both had the same – and I know Sutton did a lot of that with Judy out, but – 
Judy, I think I looked this up before too. He's had like two 20 point games in his career. So, and Sutton had three wow. earlier this year, but Judy, yeah, yeah, even last year with no Sutton for most of the year. Yep. Yeah. So all, all uh, the year. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, most of that is just to point out, well, A, that I, I, I'm sick of the Judy hype. Um, and B, uh, just <laughs> the disparity in price between, like, Sutton is basically worth like a late second right now. That's what I kind of how I was valuing that at the, in this trade. Um, and I think, I think the other, especially if a Rogers or somebody goes there, that's going to lift both of them. Um, and, and I think it may even help Sutton more. Like I think Judy has produced a little better this year because he, he is a better separator than, than Sutton is. Uh, and, and, you know, Teddy definitely wants to make sure the guy's open before he throws it to him, whereas Rogers or somebody, a better quarterback might be willing to fit it into tight spaces and give, uh, give Sutton some 50, 50 balls. So I, I like getting both of them adds that, I mean, especially on this team, Sutton's like his fifth wide receiver or something like that. Yeah. He's got chase and all those other guys. So he, he and he can also get more depth. Uh, he's got two firsts, so he can also get some more depth there, uh, probably in wide receivers as well in, in the draft. Uh, just given kind of where this, I think both of them are late when I looked at it. It looked like both of them are in the, the seven to ten range because uh, the, the last pick is ten. So I think uh, so. Yeah, so it's Tua for Jacobs and Sutton. I like it. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that works. I think you're right. You got to get some RB depth. I think Jacobs is a good buy low. And Sutton, same thing. Good buy low, good value play. Scott, yep. any, any problems? Totally with agree. Uh, two guys that I, I would definitely like to buy this non-point scoring season. Sutton's a guy I love coming in, so all about him. And, uh, you know, obviously that's banking on them getting a quarterback. But And then Jacobs, too. Now we're Gruden's gone, and so let's let's see what they do. You know, will they let, let him kind of – do some more of what he was supposed to be doing with, you know, the passing game and all that. But um, yeah, love it. I, I, I very much uh, in on that. Yeah. And I, I often like to, to look at it from the other side too. And QB scarcity isn't, isn't a big issue as big an issue in a 10 team league, but this is like one of the only guys in the league who does not have a good quarterback situation. Yes. He's got Mahomes, but then he's got uh, Baker who, who stinks. And Yikes. I think he, I think his third quarterback was like Jacob Eason or something. So uh, it might make sense for him. And he was like third from last. So he might be, he might be more, a little more fine. Even, a, you know, Jacobs, as I mentioned, is only 23, but kind of, I think has this perception as of, of an older running back because his contract's about to, to, to come up soon. So uh, he might be more okay moving on from, from a running back than, than a lot of other teams. And he needs another quarterback, unlike most of the teams in this league. So, uh, Nate, you want to get into yours? Yeah, sure. So with mine, uh, I, I kind of went – I was looking to trade Tua, and then I saw you put your trade up, and I was like, oh, I got to go somewhere <laughs> else. Um, so I ended up going with something that is a bit more bold. You know, this is – you know, if he wants – you know, want to go in for next year, I think this is a move you can make. I think in in 10-team league, you don't need a super deep quarterback room. And I think you got Lamar Jackson. I think you got guys after that. Tua and Mills, who are, are good enough next year to get you through. So I'm looking to move Dak because you need some running back help. You need some depth help. I think wide receivers is really good. I don't think you really need any more wide receivers, but to try to make this work, the trade I threw together was trading Dak Prescott and LaVisca Chenault because then you can get some good value out of him still. Um, to reigning champs, who was the second team um, from the bottom, and trading Dak and LaVisca for Stafford, 
David Montgomery and OBJ or Allen Robinson. I will let Noah pick whichever one he wants. I think they're pretty similar value. So wherever he wants to float his boat. Um, you know, I think this downgrades you a little bit at quarterback and gives you some options to play with for the rest of the offseason. I didn't want to trade away Dak without getting a quarterback back just because there's a lot of offseason to go. If you can trade Tua in a separate trade and then sit there with Lamar Jackson and Stafford with Davis Mills as your third, I think you'd be in great position. So this is kind of a trade that's going to set up another trade. But I think, you know, downgrading from Dak and then getting David Montgomery, who at this point is going to be your running back one. Uh, you know, it's a pretty solid guy. I think it's another value play, similar to Josh Jacobs. And then OBJ or Allen Robinson, you know, not great dynasty pieces long-term, but either one of them should produce next year if you if you want to go ahead and look for the, you know, contending team. So in my ideal world, I would make this trade. I would then also try to trade Tua in a separate deal. Maybe I go after Josh Jacobs and Cortland Sutton. And if you could make both those trades, you'd be sitting in a nice spot with Lamar and Stafford, your quarterback. You'd have RB depth. You'd had plenty of wide receiver depth. And then with two first-round picks, I am using both those two first-round picks on running backs no matter what. Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, whatever. You have Logan plenty Mayer. of wide receiver depth. Just grab the wide, the running backs and see what happens. Yeah, I from a – philosophical standpoint i completely agree with that um i think it's interesting that we were all on the same page as far as moving to a right uh, that was my first thought it was the first thing i wrote down um so yeah i you know i love that um you know overall when you when you have the quarterbacks you know that's that's what can control it for you in super flex and so giving yourself that opportunity to make those moves and then i love building a team around quarterbacks and tight ends and tight end premium and of course the wide receivers and then just like you said when i'm ready to contend draft those running backs drop them in and let's let's roll um you know over i think uh with with this particular league again the the flexes start 14 is is pretty wild um you know, I mean, there's just so much stuff. So you you also have to have the depth, whereas mm-hmm. maybe it's not as important in other leagues. But maybe because it's only a 10 team, it, it, it evens out at the end of the day. Um, so initially my trade was uh, to move, and this depends a little bit, the team name uh, Tyler, he owns Ezekiel Elliott, and his running back room is very, very old. And so if he's a handcuff guy or even if he's looking for a guy with some juice, try to move Pollard to that team uh, for Hawkinson. And so whatever you need to throw in there, if you finish third and you have a late second, that's probably not going to work, but you could move one of those first. So again, if it was tight end premium, I would st- I would definitely make a move like that. Um, without it being tight end premium, the other move I looked at was the same same team actually, Tyler, uh, and trading Pollard to him plus a second for um, Marquise Brown. And the thinking there is just continue with those wide receivers, and you're going to start whatever the max you can start every week. I believe it's six. Yeah. So you're going to start your six wide receivers every week. You're gonna you're really gonna bank on those two quarterbacks having two studs and then that all play, right. You're trying to get those high weeks. You're trying to get those wins. And uh, by having that variance of the high floor, but then also getting those high ceiling um, plays with Brown stacked with Lamar Jackson, 
to me, I think that's an opportunity there where you can add the ceiling to your team as well. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. I think Pollard is another guy to me who gets way more love than I think he deserves. Uh, I, I mean, he's a nice player, but I don't think he's ever going to be leading anyone's backfield. Um, so uh, I like moving on from him. And I, I do like Hollywood. He, he kind of faded a little bit uh, down the stretch, but he also didn't have Lamar for a lot of that. And uh, we saw him for over, over over a year kind of producing at a steady basis uh, uh, in that offense. Uh, you know, Bateman will cut into that, but – and I like the I like the idea of building up the receivers. And uh, as I mentioned, he has the and you said too, he has those first round picks, so uh, could potentially get at least uh, one of the. Uh, I think one of them looked like it might be one oh. I mean, it's hard to tell because I don't know how the playoffs went and all that kind of stuff. But it was looked like one oh seven ish. I think I was thinking his was probably around one oh seven ish, one oh eight ish because you finished third, he said, or something. So, um, and the other one was by the guy who had the best record. I don't know if he won the whole thing though. So. But maybe he could package those for a running back, or he. Pollard's could, uh, a free agent too, so. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. And if he if he yeah. goes somewhere else, I don't. Uh, he's going to another right. committee, so. Yeah. So yeah, so he could he could possibly get the running backs with those draft picks too, if he wants to to bolster the running back room. Uh, just mm-hmm. depending on how the draft falls, it is it is super flex and. Uh, like I said, since it's a ten-team league, there's only ten picks. So I, I'm not I, I'm not up on the draft enough to know where the running backs might fall in comparison to the quarterbacks, in comparison to the wide receivers. But but maybe could use those picks to to help bolster the running back room after he does. For sure. This. Okay, so uh, that that pretty much finishes up. Uh, we Scott, we, did we it. almost pretty much did it. Yeah, we're only at about 109 <laughs> right now. So uh, that, that's like that's like a half an hour for most other podcasts for. You know, if we go 109. So uh, <laughs> people are going to be confused. They're going to think it got cut off. Or I know, you know it's like, this is like part one of the episode. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, but I, I just want to uh, I want to thank uh, Nate for for coming on. Uh, Nate, why don't you just tell everybody you know where they can again where they can find your stuff, your Twitter handle, all that good stuff. Yeah, you, so you can follow me at Nate NFL on Twitter. Um, I do a lot of work for Dynasty Rewind. That's, you know, that's our pride and joy over there. Uh, the guys over there do a great job. They're release, we're releasing content on YouTube every single day. Um, the YouTube channel's blowing up. Plus, we have the, the Tuesday night podcast that we release on Wednesday morning. So plenty of content over there. We also have a nice Patreon where you can do a dollar group chat or $5 to get into the Debbie dashboard and some other things. Um, we have a whole dashboard with dynasty rankings and rookie rankings and Debbie stuff. Um, so more than welcome to come join me over there. I know Scott's already over there. He enjoys it. So um, got all that stuff. Also for this off season, I am back again, writing for dynasty owner, which is a really cool platform. Um, it's all about like salary cap management using real contracts. It's really interesting. I actually won my dynasty owner league this year. So super excited about nice. that. Um, that was like one of the big challenges for the year. So I'm over there writing rookie content for them. Cause that's what I love to do. Rookie content off season is my time to thrive. I know a lot of dynasty people you know, feel that same way, but, uh, the, the rookies are my, my blood and my lifeblood. So I'm excited for this time of the year. I'm excited to be on this podcast. Um, I usually fill up my, my, uh, end of winter and spring with podcast appearances talking about rookies. So I'm excited to be able to actually be on and not talk about rookies, kind of talk about, you know, what we did with this season. So that was nice. 
Um, cause I'm sure from here on out, it's rookies, rookies, rookies. Yeah. 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 And we appreciate coming on. It was a really fun show. Um, so we will finish up with some of our stuff here. I did want to mention, cause John McGlynn pointed out in the chat that Pollard is not a free agent next year. He does Correct. have one more year. So after, after next year, <laughs> he's a free agent. Um, so, okay. So finish up with some of our stuff. Uh, make sure you're following us at, uh, I'm a dynasty FF addict. Scott's at Scott underscore Sidlow. Uh, Andrew, who's not here tonight, at Andrew Hall FF, and then follow the pod at Dynasty Junkies. We have to give way too many Twitter handles. <laughs> Dap Network at Dap underscore Network, and uh, make sure you subscribe to the Dap Network. Subscribe uh, to the YouTube. Um, you can see us when we go live. You can see timeline when it goes live. Um, I think that's uh, oh, subscribe, rate, and review because that's what you're supposed to. We're supposed to tell you to do. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. Says Scott, why don't you take us out? Want to shout out to all the homies in the chat tonight, man. A lot of you. This was awesome. I guess this is what happens when there's not a game going on. People actually <laughs> want to hang out. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, Toronto Dave, you're the man. Lo- love it. Uh, Jerry, Calvin, uh, McLean, of course, all you guys, man. Um, love all your input for, uh, for Nate and dynasty rewind for Rocky for the DAP network. I'm Scott Sidlow. Junkies out.